Hello, dear listeners. In much North America, June not only marks the beginning of summer, but also Gay and Lesbian Pride Month. So recognized because of the riots in Greenwich Village in 1969, resulting from the June 28th police raid of the Stonewall Inn, a gay and lesbian bar. The following year, the tradition began of holding a parade in memory. Here in Oslo, we do things a little differently. Because of the popularity of all our outdoor festivals this time of year, our Pride Month is in July. In 2000, Bill Clinton was the first U.S. President to declare June Gay and Lesbian Pride Month. And just a few short years before, a teenage DJ would write a copy of the recently released comedy drama, Jeffrey, which not only featured Star Trek The Next Generation's Patrick Stewart, but the hunky Michael T. Weiss in the role of the love interest Steve. It was the first time I'd seen more than a mere peck on the cheek between two men, and through the magic of modern technology, I was able to play that moment back in slow motion to my heart's content. Ah, memories. Speaking of which, this episode I'm about to share with you features tributes to two gay and lesbian persons who are influential in our personal lives. I hope you enjoy. Stay cool and have fun. Hello, Sue. How are you today? Hi, DJ. I'm doing pretty good. How is the weather in your neck of the woods? Uh, it's sunny and hot. Yeah? A have, little muggy. Have you been out today yet? No, I haven't. I'm hiding from the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have your servants traveling around you with the umbrellas today? Uh, if I go out, they will. I have my <laughs> servants out getting refreshments. Ah, <laughs> we've just returned from some errands and out here in not quite apple country. I think we're about in the 80s. It's actually quite a nice day out. It, it's a day that reminds me of when I was little. Um, it's a little overcast out and there's a nice breeze going. It reminds me when my grandparents have, used to have this great property that was next door to a farmer's field. Mm. And um, I think I've mentioned before, my grandmother was very fortunate because she grew up on a farm. And at that particular house, the farmer let her have the last few rows of his field to plant her own garden. So she she had quite the, uh, the production going there. <laughs> so folks, this is our 28th episode, and we wanted to welcome you to the Pride 48 June streaming weekend. And, uh, of course, it is also Pride Month in many states in this country. Um, Now, in my part of Western New York, for some reason, we've chosen to have our Pride in July. Um, It's a bit toastier then, but then again, Western New York weather is not always, uh, shall I say, predictable. Um, You know, who believes in global warming anyway? Uh, (laughs) this is where the duchess and i get together for our pot of tea and we catch up with each other find out what's going on in each other's lives duchess uh do you have your notes together for what you wanted to talk about well yeah i don't have um a whole lot to say about my last couple weeks but um i have a little bit Good. As soon as I get to you, baby, you just gotta hold. 
we uh, are, my granddaughter and I, Chloe and I are going, are starting a uh, YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. We're calling it Bits and Bobs. And it will be debuting on July 5th. Oh. And um, we would invite all of you to come and laugh at us. (laughs) (laughs) Or with, as the case may be. Well, yes, that too. Um, One day I was watching, my granddaughter turned me on to, to YouTube. I hadn't paid much attention to it until then. But. Uh, and I was sitting watching it one day, and there were these, and it just, you know, after whatever I was watching got over, it started pulling up other things. And it was showing me these women who had been to the a store named the Dollar Tree, uh, which is a cheap store. I've been in there a number of times to get little bits and bobs. Hmm. <laughs> and... Um, these women were, were holding up stuff and saying, I, I got this and this dress really fantastic. And I'm going, I can do this. And I went over to my kid's house and I said, let's do a YouTube channel. And uh, Mama Bear has been harassing her girls about doing that for some time. And they have always said, no, we aren't interested in that. So we, um, so, but when I went over and said that to, to Chloe, she said, sure, let's do it. And so we've been working on that and we are ready to debut this now. So we'd like all of you to join us. <laughs> and that's pretty much what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks. How about you, DJ? Well, there's a few things that uh, have been going on. The latest update on my dieting progress is I am currently down by 60 pounds. Wow. So that is counting the holiday season. I was at my peak. And uh, for those of you who may be new to our show, during the holiday season, both my husband Billy and I came to some realizations about our own health. Um, because he works in retail and has a very stressful job, and he was having to see the doctor um, within a year or so of having had his appendix out. So we both mm. took long looks at our health, and of course, nowadays you can log in and look at your patient records. That includes all of your test results with your doctor, and well, not necessarily unbeknownst to me, but maybe not... Um, I was not fully aware, but Billy logs in and he sees my doctor has it down that I'm at risk for heart disease if I don't start behaving myself. (laughs) Now, you know, this was six months or so more or more ago, but uh, we decided to go down a path of of better health from there. And as I've reported on and off on this show, um, you know, we we continue our efforts where we'll have a cheat meal on the weekend. In fact, uh, just this afternoon, we went out and ran errands before we came home to do the show. And it was uh, running a little short on time. So for lunch, we had ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'm not running a product endorsement, but this particular ice cream, unlike others, is lowering calories and fat and it actually has a high amount of protein in it. So um, 
I'm not going to say the name, but it's like what an angel has over their head, plus the word <laughs> top. So it's a West Coast dairy, so it may be available in a lot of places. But the idea is that on the can, it's or the carton, it says the calorie count for the entire pint, not just a few spoonfuls. Anyways, so I'm down to 60 pounds, or well, I'm down by 60 pounds. I'm not down to 60 pounds. I'm not Kate Moss. <laughs> oh, that would be, that would be terrible. <laughs> that would be healthy, DJ. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm down by 60 pounds, and we're going through our wardrobes to get rid of our older sizes and to donate those things. Recently at the candy shop where I work, we had a potluck. Now, um, this is a workplace activity that many of you may be familiar with. Uh, just, you know, it's like um, whenever you're bored at work, they decide to do something for <laughs> morale or lack thereof. And quite often that involves a quote unquote food day. Well, we decided that because every other culture and month that has a dedication for that month has a activity why not have a pride potluck and so to sell it to some of our more conservative (laughs) staff members we decided that we were going to bundle it under the banner of diversity so um, we sent out an email which included a nice little lesson in history about stonewall and we organized the potluck and basically, you could bring in dishes from any sort of culture. But the idea was that you're supposed to bring in something colorful to celebrate diversity. My only disappointment in uh, the turnout for this was a close coworker of mine who is gay and one of the only gay people that um, I'm friends with at work, or at least it's one of those situations where you don't know how many other gay people there are. But, you, you know, you know who your brothers and sisters are, so to speak. So you talk in the mm-hmm. break room. And um, this this poor guy had done some of the planning for the activity. and was even going to bring in balloons and streamers. And he was in a recent car accident. Now, he himself is fine. Uh, it didn't impact his health whatsoever. But I'm sure that his poor convertible has uh, taken some of the brunt of the damage. And uh, he had to take off the day to sort things out because he's not even able to get a rental car at this point because his insurance company is unsure who's at fault. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it, it was an okay turnout. Um, my department has two positions in it, so we don't always get the participation of the greater section. Um mm-hmm. That was disappointing, but it was fun overall. It's, you know, it's the warm time of the year, so we're hoping to do a few fun things, Billy and I. Uh, We are coming up on our six-year wedding anniversary in August, so we're hoping to maybe go on a little trip for that. Now, I'm not talking anything big, like, um, you know, we're not going to be going to San Francisco or, you know, Seattle or anything, just somewhere in our backyard. I'm hoping to go to Niagara Falls, where we might have a nice little long weekend, possibly. Aside from the weight loss, the potluck at work, and the travel plans for this summer, I am hoping to dip my toes in the water of another realm of gaming soon. I'm hoping to get a PlayStation 4 by this fall, 
And um, of course, that's so that I can play Star Trek online now that that's a free download on that platform. (laughs) (laughs) And and we're going to be cutting the cord this fall. We're going to be getting rid of our subscription TV service since my contract Mm. will be up then. You know, see how we can uh, cut corners and save some money. Anyways, that's the latest here. Uh, You mentioned that you're going to be doing a YouTube channel with your granddaughter. Mm -hmm. A while ago, you mentioned that the Duke has started his new job. We don't have to go into too much detail on that, but how are things going there, if you'd like to say anything? They they seem to be going okay. He is working in in a company with our daughter and one of the other uh, the other granddaughter they like to hear to hire family members for some reason Mm -hmm. so uh it took him several years after we moved from denver to find a job a full-time permanent job here in town but it when he quit the job at the gas and rob (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry one of my one of my professors a criminal justice professor tended to call those little shops with the with that sold gasoline and a few odds and ends of food and uh beverages a gas and rob and it just seems to appropriate but uh the duke quit his job at the gas and rob he couldn't take it any longer he's been there like three years or something okay and it was killing his back and with and he wasn't even unemployed a month before he had another job so so, and that seems to be going well. And so um, this new position that he has, and I think we decided that he um, he works with the bean counters. Um, yes. And so um, this this offers a, its fair share of benefits. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a large it's a large company, sort of like the company we work for in Denver. Okay. However, it. And it does similar kinds of work, actually. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So uh, for very for various companies, so. right? And um, the Duchess is no longer required to be in the workforce. She this she is true. she she yeah. is a liberated person, but uh, her her husband isn't too many years behind her on that journey. So hopefully, this is something that will last him until that time is a is a decision point. Wouldn't you say? He has about three years okay. to go. Gotcha. So, yeah, he should be able to hold on to this job for that long. Wonderful. <laughs> it's always nice when you don't have to get used to new things. And it's much less stressful on his back and what have you. So. Oh, that's certainly a welcome thing. This is true. So let's see. Uh, in the chat room, Ch- uh, Chubbs Matt is eating a cupcake. And ah. Yes Mama Do said that we have a dove train to coo at 15 minutes in. It's true. You, you, you should have seen the trainer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, it looks like Auntie Vera is in the chat room with us. So welcome, Auntie. <laughs> Chubbs Matt asks how the kitties are. So, uh, Shea Star Sage, or maybe I should call it uh, Chateau Star Sage, uh, is um, home to 
three little fur babies, and I know some people hate when the words fur babies are used, but tough. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you don't get to sit in, uh, in my tea party and not, uh, and complain. Yeah. And to complain. There we go. Um, (laughs) these are of the feline variety. They they are. Yes. Um, so we have Oliver, who's the oldest male. He's an orange and white, and he takes care of our two dwarf cats, which are females. And they are Nala, who is a calico. And then Goldie is a tortoise shell. And so Nala is the drama queen. And Goldie is the um, the little show pony, I guess you'd say. She loves to lay on her back and nap. Um, a year or so ago when we got our first memory foam mattress, we weren't sure how the cats were going to react to it. And Goldie was the first to try it out. She came up on the bed and she had this weird look on her face like, did I step in gum? And uh, <laughs> she's like, you know, she, she picks up her paws like she's going to claw it and scratch it and whatever. But she's just mm-hmm. kind of feeling how it is on her paws. And this looks on her face like, oh, I kind of like this. So she was the first to try out the memory foam mattress. And she's, of course, also the one who stays on it most of the day when we're at work. <laughs> and in the morning when you wake up she she lays there and of course anyone who's had a tortoise show will tell you that they have an attitude about them that's called tortitude and uh there's lots of kind of um attitude meowing and um when she's laying on her side and she you go to rub her belly she she will act like she's waking up from a nap, and we call that her little drunk girl act. <laughs> For those of you who are enjoying our video on YouTube, I am wearing a special shirt to celebrate pride. Now, uh, Duchess, you may see this, and I don't know if you ever yes. saw it when we were uh, in uh, day-to-day contact, but this is a shirt that I got while living in Denver. It's Pride Fest 2004. And it has the skyline of downtown Denver. Now, this shirt, this uh, building in the middle is the Wells Fargo building. And depending on who you ask, they'll tell you it's one of, it looks like one of two things. Some people will call it the mailbox building. But I've also heard it called the cash register building. Yeah, I think that's more common, yeah. Yeah, because of the way it looks. It looks like the old-style cash register with the window with the the uh, the numbers that popped up. So, um, <laughs> so happy Pride. Uh, I'm not sure it may actually be Pride weekend in Denver right now. Um, but like I said, here in not-quite-apple country, our Pride isn't until July for some reason. Womp womp. But we are going to do some things today to recognize our gay and lesbian community. Uh, in a few moments, the Duchess and I are going to pay tributes to important persons in our lives that were of the gay or lesbian persuasion. So, so the Duchess and I, in our planning for today's uh, special for the June streaming weekend, decided to think about people in our lives of the gay and lesbian persuasion who were influential in our lives. And these are people that we have memories of who um, 
held important roles in our growing up. And in thinking about those people, some music came to mind. Now, Duchess, would you like to briefly explain what we're about to hear? I don't know that it's explainable exactly. Uh, the music is by, by a group called King Crimson, and they were very popular around that time, and it's one of my favorite albums. Okay, so we're going to play just a few seconds of this song. And this is from the late 60s, I do believe you mentioned, right, Duchess? Yes, I yeah, I can't remember exactly when it came out, but uh, it, uh, it, was, it was around at that time, and uh, it, well, you didn't hear it on the radio unless you listened to special radio stations, but <laughs> kind of underground stations that were not... Uh, most radio stations didn't play this kind of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would have been more like a college radio? St- college radio stations, or, well, actually, um, independent radio stations that catered to college kids and other, and other young people of the time. Now, was, was this music that was popular at the time you, you came to know your friend? Yes, yeah. Okay. This was... Uh, this was dope smoker music. <laughs> ah. So you uh, you had a very special person in your life that you wanted to take a few moments to talk about? It's true. Um, when I was, I don't know, in my mid-20s, I worked at a mental hospital in the state of Nebraska. And a fellow employee named Joe, who I always called Joe Joe for some reason, or frequently called Jojo for some reason. Um, and I worked together. Now, I met him about two years into my employment there. I worked there for five years. Uh, and I think he worked there somewhat less. He quit before I did. And I followed him about six months later. And I wrote this up because... Um, it, 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 I sometimes think a bit about crying when I... If you like this show, head on over to the Vogue Network, the voice of geeks, where you'll find podcasts for your World of Warcraft fix, like the fabulous Girls Gone Wow, and a show about games old and new with Electric Sisterhood over at vognetwork.com. I, I, I get kind of choked up when I think about JoJo, so... I met Jojo while working at the main campus at the State Mental Institute Hospital. I met the doctor while working as a waitress about five years earlier. Joe and I worked the night shift, showing up at 11 o'clock sharp and leaving promptly at 7 a.m. Mostly it was boring shift and left plenty of time to read or study, and there were many a night when we told life stories to pass the time. Joe and I were both university students a bit out of stride with the other employees. So we managed to spend a lot of time together, assigned to the same wards, etc. One night I mentioned that I had waited tables during high school at one of the hopefully, but not really, upscale restaurants. Upon hearing this, Jojo curiously asked if I had ever met the doctor. You couldn't have worked there without knowing the doctor and his gaggle of beautiful boys. I mean, beautiful. Looking at Joe, I knew he must have been one of them. 
the doctor and his boys would come in uh, in a, a couple of times a month and someone was taken off other chores and assigned to take care of the doctor and his boys explicitly. Joe and I talked about this for a while and then he, he was uh, forgotten books and other things. I guess Joe and I were friends. He gave me rides to work when my motorcycle was out of commission or it was too snowy to ride. The hospital was about five miles out of town. We worked on a couple of local political campaigns together. We were both in the local AFSME union, that's the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, if anyone is curious. About six months after being elected president of the union, of the local labor union, Joe decided to quit. Both the president and the, both the presidency and the mental hospital. And wonderful young man that he was, he stuck me with the presidency of the union. No one else wanted it, neither did I. After a few months at the position, I didn't, I didn't want it either. And after five years at the hospital, I wanted out as well. I resigned the presidency and a month later, the job. Jojo and I continued to see each other around campus for the next year or so. We'd talk for a while and continue on our way. We hadn't been close personal friends so much. So I don't think, I didn't think much of it, but people you work with and, and, and folks you see around campus tend to slip away without really noticing. A few years later, a friend told me that Jojo had passed away. I was a bit confused. He was young and healthy, short of being mugged in the big city or killed in an automobile accident. This was impossible or improbable. It was the gay disease, I was told. It had not only taken Jojo, but it had taken the doctor and most of the young men that he had nurtured through the years. A picture of the doctor and his cheerful young men flashed before my eyes in a quiet, in a quite dramatic fashion, ending with a picture of Jojo in full winter clothing, scraping the snow off the ice of his little Volkswagen Rabbit after telling me not to breathe too much as I waited in the car. I still miss Jojo and probably always will. I've been closer to many people and I've, I've worked with but no one has touched me more than Jojo. Now you worked together, when was this, in the early 80s? This would have been the late 70s, early 80s, maybe the mid 80s. I I could look it up. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, But he had quite an impact on, on my life as and my understanding about people, I don't, I don't think he was the first gay person I ever met, uh, and he probably wouldn't be. The, and obviously, he's not the last. But, but he he had for for a for someone that I just worked with and that slipped away from from my from my knowing what happened to him so easily. He had a, a really strong impact upon me. Mm-hmm. Now, how long would you say between when you both left that job until you were told that he had passed on? Oh, five, maybe ten years. Oh, so it was completely by surprise because you, you weren't running into him anymore even. 
yeah, it, it's we had we're both no longer doing anything <laughs> at all the same. He had he had finished college and gone somewhere. I and you know it it just never dawned on us that we needed to keep in touch. We would probably run into each other somewhere mm-hmm. again. Um, so you traveled in different circles, basically. We traveled in quite different circles. Mm-hmm. I you know I uh, he was. In the parlance of the day, he was much greater, and you may think it's funny because he's a, he was gay. But um, in the in the terminology that my friends and I used, straight people were anyone who wasn't like a hippie kind of mm-hmm. person, uh, and JoJo certainly was not in that mode. He he, you couldn't tell him amongst the professional people downtown. Mm-hmm. He always dressed like you know. Um, his casual dress was was a button down shirt and maybe with the sleeves rolled up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now the the Duchess and I were discussing this uh, just before, well, j- just last night in our warm up session. So. Um, you know, she was saying that this is at one of her early jobs. So this was in the, you know, the beginnings of the AIDS crisis. Now, I, I realized that a, a fair number of you in the chat room probably aren't of the, the millennial era. But um, as we are so far from the beginning of the epidemic, it's easy to lose focus and realize that at one point in time, this was a much scarier disease than it is. I mean, now, of course, we have the luxury that with proper insurance and medication, you know, if you take care of yourself, uh, it's no longer a death sentence. But at the time that the Duchess knew this man that she worked with, who, by the way, was close to her own age, um, you know, we we had no idea what was in store. Well, yeah, it, um, I, it had a number of different names, but in in the United States because it had impacted the gay population most strongly, it sort of became uh, euphemistic to call it the gay disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when it had a term, when they, when they isolated the HIV, whatever, the, 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 the uh, germs, the chromosomes, whatever it is, I'm sorry, I don't know a lot about HIV, but, it, it it certainly it wasn't known as AIDS and and it it was a while before it became HIV became a common term in reference to it and it was just it was just sort of connected to gay people and and this was another one of the reasons that people here in the Midwest thought that gay people were evil mm-hmm. and it was one of the one of the political campaigns that Joe and I had worked on was a campaign to uh, to outlaw, I guess, uh, well, yeah, uh, to, to make illegal uh, discriminating against people because of their sexual orientation in housing, and it did not pass. Mm-hmm. And this is in perhaps the most liberal city in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Now, um, last night when the Duchess and I were rehearsing, we also talked about some of the more current events happening that affected the HIV and AIDS community. 
Now, um, did you did you want to mention the uh, topic that I brought up last night, Duchess, or did you want me to go ahead and present that? I, I think you should go ahead. And, okay. Well, um, and uh, apologies, I'm not going to get the name correct. So, uh, for those of you <laughs> powered by to the interwebs moment, uh, for the moment, feel free to look this up. But there has been in the past a presidential committee that was essentially an authority on HIV and AIDS, and they were advisors, I do believe, in the role of the cabinet. So, um, since George W. Bush's administration and continuing on through the Obama administration, there was a presidential committee on HIV-AIDS. Now, given that we have a conservative president in office now, it's abundantly clear how the GOP feels about the gay and lesbian community. And so, of course, the support for our causes is dwindling in Congress and Senate. So this committee took it upon themselves to uh, voice their concerns over lack of support. And uh, they basically dissolved themselves. Each one of them in that group resigned. And in awareness of this, uh, television host of the Late Late Show, James Corden, decided that he was going to have his staff round up as many copies of the 80s Tom Hanks film, Philadelphia, and have them sent to President Trump's Florida hotel. So there were 200-some copies that were being sent. And of course, um, you know, the story that I read had people wondering if there was a significance to the number of copies. And the answer was, no, that was just the number of copies we were able to round up. But they, they did finish the statement about sending them by saying, where we could, we spent the extra money so the president could enjoy it on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, well, as we, I told you last night, I'm sure that there were a number of employees at the Florida hotel that were pleased to get at their own personal copy of the Philadelphia story. I'm sure. And, you know, um, it, it, it would have been nice if we could have gotten Tom Hanks to autograph some of those, but you know, maybe, maybe he'll make a visit. I don't know. So we're going to go ahead and move on to uh, my tribute. So just like the Duchess, I had someone in the gay and lesbian community that was influential in my life. Now, in my case, I was much younger, just as with the Duchess. I have a musical tribute. It's a little shorter, but it's apropos because this would have been popular music at the time this woman uh, was in her wild youth. So, when I was but a boy, my folks moved to be closer to my mom's job. Coincidentally, we built a house in the vacant lot across the street from her boss. She came from my father's hometown, which was a delightful mystery to me, as I'd never spent much time there as a child. Jean was a kind lady. She always had her sunglasses on, had a cigarette in hand, and a can of Coors nearby. She had an infectious laugh, and was often on her way to or from the golf course with her sun visor on. If mom and dad weren't concerned their youngest would turn out gay from spending so much time with a stay-at-home father, 
Surely moving us next door to a militant lesbian was basically a layaway plan for my gaydom. I should explain that the, uh, the neighbor was an ex-Navy nurse. Jean's yard was always immaculate. When not practicing her swing, she'd be seen out mowing it. And most importantly, she was generous with her mother's company, an older sweet lady that I kept her time frequently on afternoons and weekends. Little did I know that before becoming my mother's boss, she'd had a celebrated life of service. By the age of 21, Jean had joined the Navy and had left New York to be stationed in Alameda, California. So that song that I just played by Dinah Shore would have been popular when Jean would have just joined the service uh, in her early 20s. So she, uh, she had a wild and adventurous life from early on, I can imagine. I mean, growing up from a rural part of the country, you know, when, when it's your time to face the music, so many young people decide they want to go to the big city, and she decided to not only go to the big city, but to also serve our country. So I salute Jean, and I have the, the pleasure of knowing that she is buried in the cemetery with my father's family. Um, as some of you may know, I've gotten into the research and history and genealogy of my family, and when I went to go visit the graves for my great-grandparents, the grave for my elderly neighbor, uh, the, the, uh, the mother that I was speaking of that I used to visit a lot when I was little, uh, is in that same cemetery, and she's buried with her daughter, Jean, that I just spoke of. So, um, so here is to all of the wonderful gay and lesbian people who have uh, modeled and shaped our futures. So we have a few minutes to round things out, Duchess. Um, you and I were going to briefly talk about, because last weekend was Father's Day, um, we were going to talk about some memories of our dads. And then when uh, before, just before we hand off to the Brain Dead podcast, we'll give a little teaser of what our next show will be. So did you want to um, start things off and, and share a few fun memories of dad? Well, yeah, my uh, father was a plastering contractor. Uh, he um, developed emphysema when I was a small child, like three, four years old. And by the time I was in the fourth grade, he had to quit work. Uh, he died when I was 13 years old. And there is not a day in my life that since then that I have not talked to him. Um, he was, I suppose, my favorite parent. Uh, if you can have favorites between your parents, uh, they were both. They were both quite beloved to me. Um, they were great people. Uh, they were not rich people, and they were, in a sense, they were not successful in their lives. We, uh, I grew up rather poor because of my father's uh, illness and his inability to practice his profession for long after I, uh, for very long after I was born. And my mother was a teacher, and as we all know, teachers are not paid very well. And even then, it was hard when when costs were much much less than they are now. It was hard for uh, teachers to to 
to raise a family on one on one salary. Uh, but I, my dad is a person that I always turn to when I have questions about what is right and wrong mm-hmm. uh, or how to handle certain situations, despite the fact that he has been gone from my life for, for, for most of it. Um, but he was a really good man. He liked to read the dictionary. Um, which is probably why my brother read the encyclopedia when he was a small child. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, dad was always finding words that he didn't know that he would incorporate into his vocabulary. And of course the rest of us needed to incorporate it into our vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Uh, He left school. I don't know if I said this, but he left school when he was in the 10th grade. Um, and that would have been just before the depression, I think. Okay. Uh, my parents are forty-two years older than I am, so. So you were a surprise. Yeah. You, you and I were saying last night. Both you and I were surprises when we arrived. It's true. I was not expected. I was. I'm not sure I was necessarily <laughs> wanted, <laughs> and I was supposed to be a boy. <laughs> uh, but uh, none of those things actually happened. I was, I, I, I came along, and, and my parents um, loved me just as much as they loved any of the other kids. They were, they were really nice people. They just were not very successful in living life. Well, for what it's worth, I think there actually ended up being a John Wayne movie named A Boy Named Sue. there is so we only have a few more i don't know if there's a movie named that there's a there's a song by johnny cash oh maybe that's it Um, yeah i think that's what you're thinking uh, i don't think there's a john wayne movie there we only have a few more minutes here so i'm going to go ahead and talk a little about my dad now so as the duchess was saying i am also a um a surprise i was the youngest and last child by the time I came along, mom and dad had decided it was a little too much to uh, have two cars on the road. So mom was the breadwinner and they decided dad would be the stay-at-home dad. So I spent my earlier years um, taking naps with my dad after watching PBS and Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers and having lunch, which <laughs> consisted of an archway sugar cookie for you East Coasters, this big sugar cookie the size of a sandwich plate, I swear, slathered with <laughs> peanut butter. Now, my dad's would have butter on it as well. And I later learned that that was something he learned from his grandmother. So something that passed on from my great grandparents. Um, but my, my father was a building contractor in the later years of his life, and he built several of the houses that we lived in. So um, we, we do literally have standing monuments to my dad's achievements, and one is something that my sister Ronnie has held on to uh, because it's the last house that he built. But despite not having finished school, my dad dropped out to take care of his family because his parents divorced before all of the kids had finished school. Um, My dad did pretty well for himself, and he um, made every effort to provide for his children everything that he never got. So while 
our household was semi-strict. I wouldn't say it was hardcore strict. For somebody who was raised Catholic, we didn't get away with things, and we respected our parents. So um, we only have a moment to go here, so I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know that our next episode is going to be a special session. We're recording with Baron Frosty of Blime Time. So I'm sure that we'll be spending that episode talking about his writing and his adventures traveling. So, um, Duchess, do you have anything to say to the folks in the chat room before we get going? Well, uh, not particularly, but I hope you enjoyed our show. Um, we enjoyed having you. Uh, and always appreciate you. Uh, and, um, you know, I guess other than that, we just have to say goodbye because it's time to go. <laughs> and and be sure to check out our Facebook group called The Treehouse in the Courtyard. If you join The Treehouse in the Courtyard, you'll get all the updates of the faraway nearby. And with that, we will say goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Far Away Nearby. This program can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. You can email us at tfnpodcast at gmail.com, tweet us on Twitter at tfndj, find our fan page on Facebook, and our companion blog on Tumblr, or text or leave a message at 720-230-6919. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net.